0: It's time for episode 246 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, June 20th, 2018. Clockwise for people for tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast. That's four for four. I'm your co-host Dan Morn, and I am joined. As I always am, by my good pal Micah Sargent. Hi, Micah, how are you doing today?
1: I am doing peachy keen, uh, Dan, thank you very much. Uh, it is a new day, a new dawn, it's a new life for me, and I'm
0: feeling good. Wow, this sounds like a big day for you. It is indeed. (laughs) Well, it's a big day for all of us here at Clockwise because we, of course, have two fantastic guests. To my left, the co-host of Playing for Fun and Top 4 right here on the Relay FM network, as well as Somehow I Manage over at the Incomparable, Tiffany Armit joins us. Hi, Tiff. How are you doing?
2: Hey dudes. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> What's up? <laughs>
0: Glad to have uh, you here.
2: Uh and to my left
1: is VFX artist, uh co-host of Defocused and Unhelpful Suggestions. Also the internet's favorite curmudgeon. It's Joe Rosensteel. What's up, Joe Steele?
3: uh nothing much just you know watching the game having a having a bud what, what was the rest of the i remember the ad <laughs> oh thank god no one can remember that ad
0: it deserves to be in the dustbin of history uh all right i'm gonna kick things off today with my topic uh which is all about apple's tv service peter Kafka over at recode suggested a few ways that apple might roll out this service my question for you is what option do you think Apple might take and which one's the most attractive to you as somebody who might be interested into in subscribing to such a service. Tiff.
2: So, I feel like the bundled content idea is the most approachable um for like an average consumer, but I I couldn't see our family caring much for like the exclusive content um platform that they are possibly I don't know, uh, spinning around here. So, but like, I don't, I, cause I don't care who's in a show. And we generally only care if it's a good show. And if it's already kind of behind a paywall, I'm, it's going to make a lot to jump that to watch the new show. So, our family rewatches shows anyway. So, old content is kind of our jam. And with the occasional new thing mixed in. So, I just, names like Oprah and um, I don't know who else were they throwing out there, all kinds, Jennifer (laughs) Aniston, like, I don't really care who's in the show, that's not going to appeal to me. And I don't know if that's a lot of Apple TV users, or if people do run to shows because of the people that are in them, because that seems to be their only saving grace here um, in order if they're not bundling with anything else. Like we use Amazon service because it's kind of bundled in with our prime. So it's an easy go to but I'm not going to pay for a service that has exclusive content that doesn't have my old rewatch favorites. Excellent. Um,
1: I am going to have to agree with Tiff. I think that the the thing that makes the most sense to me is definitely uh, a, a fully bundled service. Um, I hope what Apple doesn't do is just try to offer the same as everyone else the hulu subscription or the netflix subscription where uh it's just a standalone subscription of the video stuff that it has and then it's just going to cost less uh possibly than netflix that doesn't to me that doesn't make as much sense but a bundled service seems to be what apple kind of has has talked about for a long time or has seemed to want to do where it solves the whole issue uh or the apparent issue with television by giving us um everything that we want like right in one package. Now, whether or not it actually pulls that off is a whole nother story, but unless unless they try it, unless they actually, you know, uh give it a go, then obviously we can't have that. So I'm hoping that's what they do. Uh, but I guess we'll see.
3: Yeah, I I, I think a bundle is probably the most likely outcome because they're probably going to want to leverage people who are already Apple Music subscribers, but I don't think that uh, it would be very attractive to me if they uh, just increased the cost of Apple Music's uh, service to like $20 or something to cover video and music together, and that was the only way to get it because I think that does increase the paywall barrier of people trying to get in. Uh, Also, people may have already... used up a free trial period on Apple Music and they would need a free trial period, I would assume, for this video service. So I do think there's probably going to be something separate about it, but maybe there will be some discount if you get the two things together. And I think that might also be appealing for people who are not interested in uh, subscribing to Apple Music but are interested in getting uh, video, something that uh amazon's confusing uh array of uh different bundling product discount things that you can get through prime um manages to do is you can subscribe to uh their music unlimited service or you can subscribe to uh their video service separately uh or or, sorry well the video is included with prime but you can also buy video separately in areas where uh amazon doesn't operate a prime subscription service for shipping and things like that so i think that it's uh a bundle's very logical. Uh, I just not sure exactly what the mechanisms are going to be for trying to get people to sign up because, as Tiff and Mike have pointed out, uh, whether or not an actor, or an actress, uh, or the writers or producers involved in something appeals to you is. In- It's unpredictable, but uh, whether or not you care about a a show somebody's talking about that's out on the air uh, is an entirely different story, or whether or not it's some property or intellectual thing that you you actually care about, which is something that CBS had to do for CBS All Access. They had Star Trek Discovery, and it was only available uh, through uh, their CBS All Access uh, service, which is awful but uh, that that might also be something that they need to overcome as well as trying to get uh, something out there that people are interested in seeing and p- willing to pay for and having a free trial period um, and maybe a discount if you're also an apple music subscriber
0: yeah, I, th- I think you guys have hit on a lot of the elements here. I think there will be a free trial period because, if nothing else, you want people to be able to see these shows and get hooked on these shows in order to convince them that they want to keep subscribing to something. Because, like you're saying, not everybody's going to follow the trade news and be like, oh, that, that producer and director or showrunner is really interesting. I'll follow that. Um I think there will be a standalone option because there won't be, you can't just count on people wanting to buy music and video, but that there will be some sort of bundle discount for music and video put together just to make it more competitive and draw more people in. You'll get a lot more potential, like convert a lot more potential subscribers of Apple Music if they don't have to pay a whole nother fee on top of that and if you make it easy to sign up. Um, I I think that there's the biggest question for me is still whether there will be catalog like back catalog content here as Tiff was talking about in terms of older shows that are going to draw people in. That's hard because like you know Hulu and and Netflix obviously and Amazon all offer that to to you know to a certain extent but the catalog becomes so fractured then that it's like well do i subscribe to all these services because i need access to everything that's ever existed or do i only (laughs) care about a few shows in which case then you have questions of when shows go on and off networks too so it's a complicated market that they're wading into here but i'm i'm interested to see how it develops all right thanks for your thoughts on that let's go to our second topic today which comes from tiff
2: So we're going to talk about E3, Woo! Woo! as always, (laughs) was full of uh, great game announcements, both new and sequels. And I want to know, what are y'all looking forward to playing?
1: Okay, so I think I've admitted this before, but here I go again. Uh, I'm just really not a a game person. Um, I don't tend to keep games on my phone. I don't have any consoles. I don't play computer games. Not a big gamey gamer. However, I love getting together with a group of friends and playing Super Smash Bros. And Super Smash Bros. Ultimate is coming out in December. And I feel like Nintendo just knows me. Not really. But in in the case of its trailer, it was really calling to me because good old Jigglypuff, uh, who is my favorite Pokemon, (laughs) Absolutely my favorite pokemon uh is featured in the trailer and just looks so delightful. Um so yeah, I I like sort of that innocent fun competitive uhness that comes out of Super Smash Bros when you're playing it with friends and like there's enough of It's not just like hit a bunch of buttons and uh, suddenly everything is done for you. Like there's a bit of technique involved. uh, And so it ends up being quite a bit of fun. Um, So I'm looking forward to Super
3: Smash Bros. Ultimate. Similarly to you, I am not much of a gamer uh, and I have no interest or plans in any of the current crop of things that have uh appeared one of my favorite pastimes is really to wait until after it's a year or two uh past the estimated date that these companies say they're going to ship their stuff at e3 and then look at the trailer and all the complaints on like kotaku or something about how uh none of the trailer stuff is actually inside the game um so that's <laughs> that's really the main enjoyment that i get out of that uh but uh but yeah you know. uh I think the last game that I actually like played fully to completion was Mass Effect 2, so that's a very long time ago.
0: <laughs> there are a few things on the list for me. I, I am a gamer. I have an Xbox. Uh, I play games on my iOS device. Um, and, you know, looking over the list of stuff that came out, there are a couple things that jumped uh, into my attention. One is this Cyberpunk 2077 game, which is kind of like an open-world sandbox, kind of like grand theft auto but like way in, in like the typical cyberpunk reality thing i have no idea it seems incredibly ambitious i'm not sure how much i would actually enjoy it but the trailer is pretty stunning um and so that's enough to at least get me thinking about it uh the other game the biggest problem for me is that the game that i am super excited about is a game for a a platform i don't have which is the spider-man game that sony announced it looks really cool uh, I hear web slinging, slinging, in it is a lot of fun. And I really loved the uh, Arkham series of Batman games uh, that were put out a few years ago. And it seems like this is a uh, an attempt to do a similar thing for Spider Man in terms of giving him sort of a definitive performance. So I'm, I'm excited about that as well. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm ready to commit to buying a PlayStation to be uh, to be in on it, but I, I certainly would like to give it a try at some point. And also. There's a, uh, there's a pirate game called Skull and Bones uh, done by Ubisoft, I believe, which looked kind of fun. I've been playing Sea of Thieves, which is a sort of cartoony pirate game. This looked a little more like uh, they took the Assassin's Creed uh, for pirate section and just blew it up into an entire huge multiplayer game. But that was the best part of that game, so I would be kind of interested in trying that out as well.
2: I thought I would be really excited about The Last of Us Part 2, which was one of my favorite games, the first one, and I absolutely loved it. So I was really psyched for it. And then the trailer came out and the violence of it really turned me off. I don't know if I'm just getting old or if it was just like... (laughs) extra graphic and I know that it's a possibility that they highlighted a lot of the extra violent scenes for the trailer that they put out for the audience or to you know contradict or uh, sorry to contrast or juxtapose the intimacy that's in the trailer but nonetheless um, it kind of moved my interest away and instead I'm looking at this trailer for a game called um Death Stranding and even though the release is TBA it's really mysterious it has an actor that i really love which is um Norman Reedus mm. of The Walking Dead What's oh, this a and... weird
0: one with the super weird trailer
2: yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. the trailer like really intrigued and spooked me and that's something i really like to get out of my games i like to be intrigued and spooked a little bit as well as have some action elements and it was very kind of, uh, I don't know, like it wasn't, it was violent, but not neck stabby violent. You
0: know? so. <laughs> that's, that's what they're putting on the box, I hear. <laughs> yeah,
2: it is. But I mean, that, it's, it's so it's in the future, who knows, but they we actually did get to see some gameplay out of the trailer. And that was really intriguing. And so I'm, I'm looking at that game, and I'm really kind of, uh, I'm very excited for it. I'm excited.
0: Cool, cool. All right, that is two topics down, which means we've hit halftime here at Clockwise. This week's episode is brought to you by our very good friends at Linode. With Linode, you'll have access to a suite of powerful hosting options with prices starting at $5 a month, and you'll be up and running with your own virtual server in the Linode cloud in under a minute. Linode has hundreds of thousands of customers who are all serviced by their friendly 24-7 support team. You can email them, call them, even chat over IRC, send a pigeon of some sort. I'm sure that they're pretty much responsive to everything. They know how important it is to get the help that you want, and they also have a suite of amazing guides and support documentation to give you a reference when you need it. Linode's intuitive control panel will allow you to deploy, boot, resize, snapshot, and clone your virtual servers in just a few clicks, and they feature two-factor authentication to keep you safe. Linode has fantastic pricing options available. Their plans start at one gigabyte of RAM for only $5 a month, and they offer high memory plans starting with 16 gigabytes of RAM. As a listener of this show, if you sign up at linode.com slash clockwise, you'll not only be supporting us, but you'll also get $20 towards any Linode plan on that one gigabyte of RAM plan. That's four free months. And with a seven-day money-back guarantee, there's nothing to lose. So, to go to linode.com slash clockwise to learn more, sign up and take advantage of that $20 credit or use the promo code clockwise2018 at checkout. Thank you so much to Linode for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Halftime is at an end, which means Micah Sargent, you're up.
1: So, there was a survey that uh, came out. The results say that only about 6% of smart speaker owners are using them to control smart home accessories. So my first question for you will be, do you have a smart speaker in your home or some device that sort of serves as a smart speaker? And do you use it to control smart home accessories? Joe, we'll start with you.
3: I have an assistant. I one in my apartment and one in my boyfriend's apartment and they're both linked with my account so i have one smart switch for a floor lamp here that is called lamp and then i have one smart switch over there called floor lamp and he's uh my boyfriend is very upset that i've called it floor lamp because he would rather (laughs) that one be called lamp um but uh you can't name them the same thing because it's the same account so that's 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 probably why only six percent uh, cause some of the setup stuff is a little wonky cause sometimes you just want to say, turn on the light and, uh, have it know exactly which one you want. Uh, so I imagine it's frustrating for some people, which is also why he tells me, uh, to turn it on. And then it becomes a telephone system where I, I, I relay that to the smart device to do, um, out of the passive aggressive name decision that I have made. Uh, my house is a wash
0: in virtual assistants. <laughs> uh I have a HomePod <laughs> and a Google Home sitting on the desk right here. I have a couple Echoes. Um I do use these pretty pretty broadly to control smart home stuff, mainly lights. I've got lights in um in my office, in the living room and in the bedroom uh, that all can be controlled by that uh and I use them pretty frequently actually. Um and my girlfriend actually likes using them to turn the bedroom lights on to like like lower levels especially in the morning. Um, so I I understand I, I'm totally with Joe. It's confusing. It's annoying to have to like come up with these these sort of arbitrary names at some point in my in my office i have a two desk lamps on separate desks i can't call them both desk lamp so one of them is called phil f-i-l-l lamp why i don't know it was the only thing i could think of at the time because it was like <laughs> i only turn it on when i'm like on video calls because it adds like some fill lighting um do you, do you have a rim light too yeah absolutely. i was thinking it was
2: ph phil yeah <laughs> <laughs> phil, <laughs> phil,
0: <laughs> phil phil yeah so i i do use it pretty frequently but um, I can understand why maybe not everybody's got into it. And also, a lot of people, I think, probably haven't invested in all of the smart home infrastructure to be able to take advantage of that. So, Tiff, what about you?
2: Yes, and yes, we have a whole bunch of things in the house that control other things. But <laughs> <laughs> we mostly do it with lights. We had to come up also with creative names and lingo, and we kind of just have to learn the general language of our household now like how to operate it but on the weird days that go by that i accidentally turn on a light by myself i feel like i've entered some sort of fugue state where i just i don't know what happened like i just stop and i panic and i'm like oh no i hit the actual switch and now it's all out of sync and what's going to happen and but so we're very very used to it our son uses it he tells um the amazon one to <laughs> constantly turn the lights on and off and to do stuff for him so it is just become part of our life. And I feel like as a we have a, ch- you know, him growing up in a house like this, it's kind of really futuristic because he's just going to grow up shouting words into the air and having stuff <laughs> happen. And it's going to be completely normal to him. And that's kind of awesome. I really I want to hook it up to our TV. That's the next one. I keep asking my husband to do that, but he uh, he hasn't done it yet. Because it would be nice to not sift through, you know, four different remotes to try and find. I, I have, I have
0: that, and it's awesome.
2: Yeah, it sounds really good, and especially turning it off too. When you just like see that screensaver on for two hours, and you're yep, like, "Oops, yep, yep, yeah." All it's like time. I had to walk all the way across the <laughs> room to go find the remote and dig in the couch. Like this is just this this isn't
1: the way to live. Excellent answers all around. Um, I was going to say. So I definitely i like Dan, have several Amazon echoes and echo dots and spots and blots uh, etc, and then i 've got a Google home device and a home pod um, and I use all manner of them to control all manner of smart home accessories. so I was a little offended by this <laughs> by this survey, uh, but I guess I just have to accept that I am the six percent um, I will note the <laughs> The lights that I have in my living room are called Peter, Paul, and Mary.
0: Um, (laughs) Good thinking. I like it.
1: The lights in my office, Tiff, you'll appreciate, are called Holly and Michael. That's amazing. Um, And then the lights in my bedroom are just called Left and Right, because it just is the one that's on the left side of the bed and the one that's on the right side of the bed while you're laying down. So uh, that's that's how I've chosen to name mine. And then the rest of them are in unique enough rooms to where I can just be guest bedroom lamp or you know this space lamp uh so yeah that's how i chose to name mine uh all right you start shouting
2: into the ether it sounds like you'll have just like a brood of children (laughs) (laughs) michael holly peter paul sally (laughs) all of you whoever you are (laughs) i always
0: think that my my landlord upstairs thinks we have some recalcitrant child named alexa
1: (laughs) 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 that'll take care of the third topic let's move on to our last topic which comes
3: from joe this morning, AMC Theatres announced uh, its answer to MoviePass's subscription service, but it is a uh, $20 a month uh, service, twice as expensive as MoviePass, but uh, it does come with some things that MoviePass doesn't have, like three showings per week instead of uh, unlimited showings, but only of one film. Um, only You can only see one... You can only see a film once um, with Movie Pass. You can't see it over and over again, but you can with AMC's. Uh, and there's only a two-hour gap between screenings on AMC's, so you can keep going as much as you want. And it includes things like IMAX or three D formats that Movie Pass doesn't allow. Uh, and it doesn't have weird uh, blackouts, apparently. Um, <clears throat> but just. Uh, does- a subscription service to go to a movie theater appeal to you? Or do you use one right now? Um, and do you think that these higher costs, while they might be more sustainable for somebody like AMC as opposed to MovieFast just setting money on fire, um, do you think that that is too high for you to pay uh, for, for something like this? Do you, would you get any value out of it?
0: i i'm I'm almost I'm so close on wanting this one I, I looked at it today and I thought this there's the a number of things in here that work well for me one a m c is like the biggest chain in our area they they are the local theater I go to the most uh and because a ticket there costs twelve or thirteen bucks, you go to the movies twice in a month and you've pretty much made your money back so on on the face of it, it seems pretty solid. The biggest impediment for me is the fact that you can only buy tickets for yourself so if my girlfriend and I want to go to the movie, we either need to still buy a second ticket separately or we need to both have a subscription to the service and i guess if we both go to the movies together twice a month then it pays for itself but then it starts to get more complicated too so i and then the biggest question here is do i go to two two movies a month and the answer is mm-hmm. not really like maybe uh, over the course of the year it might average out certainly over the summer there's like a higher concentration of movies that i want to see but I'm not convinced that I will go to that many movies. And it also makes it a weirder proposition if you want to go to a movie that's not at a supported theater, because then it's like, do I feel guilty about like, oh, we're going, but we're not using the money that we've already paid for this other service. So I don't think I'm there yet. Like it it feels closer to something that I might be interested in, but just there's still too many hangups and restrictions to have it quite work for the, the way that we watch movies right now. Tiff, what about you?
2: I'm not a movie pass subscriber and I almost never see movies. So I honestly until now didn't even know that this kind of stuff existed. So <laughs> I totally would not use this service because I just I couldn't see enjoy like becoming that I can't just change who I am, you know. We don't we just <laughs> don't <laughs> see right. People don't change who I am. I am, who I am. Um <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I think p- people are A lot of people who I'm around, like in my daily life and, you know, our neighborhood stuff, I just I see everyone waiting for movies now instead of going to see them in the theater. Mm -hmm. Like it's it's okay to wait and you get it at home and that's fine. And so there's very few that I would want to see in the theater and like those one or two and it's a night and you can who cares how much you're paying. So a kind of monthly thing like this would not wouldn't work for me or most people I know.
1: Uh as one of those people that you know you are exactly right. I bam. have no I- bam you Nailed did it. it. <laughs> uh, I have no interest in this because I don't go to the movies to see movies enough. Uh I don't remember what the last movie was that I went to the theater to see. I tend to be a bad nerd when it comes to like the Marvel stuff. And I don't even know, I sound like such an old man right now. (laughs) What are those movies with the Marvels in them? Uh, Don't watch any of those really while they're in theaters and oftentimes don't see them later when they come out on iTunes. But uh, yeah, I like the comfort of my sofa and the love of my dogs. uh, So why not just wait until it's available for me there where I can get up 15 times and also <laughs> like be on my phone I know I'm horrible um, which I cannot do and will not do and refuse to do in the theater so yeah not not for me but I'm glad it's there for people who use it any last thoughts on that Joe
3: yeah uh, I I'm more in Dan's side of things than than uh, I do like going to movie theaters uh, I grew up in an era where movie plexes were like a big thing so I Love that experience. Uh, It is not like that anymore, though. Uh, When you go to a movie theater and it isn't a Disney film, uh, it's like a ghost town. Um, But when you go on uh, one of these releases for Solo or The Incredibles or uh, uh, Infinity War then the whole movie theater is packed with tons of show times for, for that one particular thing. And it seems to be just spectacle that draws people there. So to Dan's point, uh, I don't see using something like this often enough uh, to be able to do it. In fact, this year I have seen uh, a handful of movies uh, four, and all four of them have been Disney movies and they've all been spaced out wider than a month uh, for, for me uh, to go see them. So I don't see this as something that I would partake in. Uh, and I do do wonder what the buy-in is going to be like for people who are uh, avid moviegoers who really do get value out of going to go see a uh, book club in theaters instead of waiting to see it on an airplane seat back um, mm-hmm. but we'll you know see how it all shakes out especially as a uh, movie pass slowly sets all of its credit on fire
0: <laughs> <laughs> i would pay ten dollars a month to just watch that <laughs> Uh, all right. Thanks for that. That is the last of our topics. We've got just enough time for a bonus topic. Today's bonus topic is brought to you by RX Bar. The folks at RX Bar couldn't find a protein bar out there that wasn't full of artificial ingredients and preservatives, so they decided to make one. RX Bar is a whole food protein bar made with 100% whole ingredients. They want to be trans- transparent and upfront with their customers, which is why they label the core ingredients on the front of the package, along with all the ingredients that make up texture and taste on the back. The team at RX Bar found creating a bar made from real whole food ingredients tastes better than anything out there. They just didn't need fillers, additives, all that other stuff. Whether you like sweet or savory, chocolate or fruit flavors, there's an RX Bar for you. RxBars come in 11 delicious flavor varieties, and there are three new flavors, mango, pineapple, peanut butter, and berries, and chocolate hazelnut. Also, RxBars recently introduced RX Nut Butter, which is a brand new product made with the same core ingredients as RxBars Protein Bars. The new nut butters include a base of nuts, egg whites, and dates, giving you 9 grams of clean protein, available in honey, cinnamon, peanut butter, peanut butter, and vanilla almond butter. They're great on pretzels, fruit, or straight out of the convenient pouch while you're on the go. All RX bars are gluten free, soy free, dairy free. There's no added sugar, artificial colors, artificial flavors, fillers, or preservatives. And they use egg whites for protein, dates to bind, and nuts for texture. They're great for breakfast on the go, snacks at the office, travel, hiking before or after your workouts. Uh, I've got a box here. Uh, They're great to have when you just like, especially for me when I'm traveling and I realize, oh my God, I'm stuck on a plane and I don't have enough stuff to eat. Uh, It's the perfect opportunity to get something that is not overpriced and actually has some uh, good health value in it for you. I particularly like the, uh, I think there's a sea salt chocolate flavor that's pretty good. So the wonderful people over at RX Bar have a special offer for listeners of this show. For 25% off your first order, visit rxbar.com slash clockwise and enter promo code clockwise at checkout. For a limited time, every order will receive free samples. This offer ends June 30th. So go to rxbar.com slash clockwise and use the promo code clockwise. We'd like to thank RXBAR for their support of this show. And now, quickly, the bonus topic. What is your favorite flavor of bagel? Tiff?
2: See, it depends. What are the circumstances? Like, what's <laughs> the content. Are we just sitting here gnawing on a naked bagel? Like, what is happening? I need mm, a little bit of content. Bagel. <laughs> but <laughs> if I have to decide, I would say cinnamon raisin because I would have it multiple ways and enjoy it.
1: I, not too long ago, found out I was gluten intolerant. Uh, so bagels are not on my no. list of things to consume. Um, I have not had gluten-free bagels, but I imagine they aren't that tasty so no bagels for micah
3: i uh am an everything bagel person um but like tiff i'm going to invent my own context and that is with uh, plain cream cheese lox uh and tomatoes and capers on top no Raw onion can gtfo um so <laughs> dan, dan what, how do you have your bagel i am also an everything bagel person but there is a
0: uh, bagel store near us that does uh pumpernickel everything and egg everything bagels and that for me Ooh. a pumpernickel everything bagel Ooh, With think everything cream cheese. is really good. Well, we've reached the end of our show. All that remains is for us to thank our wonderful guest, Tiffany Armit. Thank you so much for being here.
2: Thank you. I'm less scared now. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. We got you
1: through. And Joe Steele, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I'm more scared now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, we've managed to maintain that balance of fear. And just to really drive that home, we'll remind you that until next time, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody.